from the founders of Mob Racing and the Northwest Rally Association, this is the Motorsports and Driver Development Show. My name is Katie Lobkovich, and together with Keto Brohmeyer, who is my partner in life and business, we have built the fastest growing rally program in the U.S. Through our work, we get to meet incredible people, and this show is all about bringing those people to you. Our hope is to inspire you to go after your dreams, show you possibilities you didn't know existed, and hopefully even help you build some skills to get where you want to go. Today we are talking to Pedro Vargas, who is a Baja California-based race director and promoter. Pedro has founded a few incredible races, and he tells us about each of them in this conversation. He gets honest about the difficulties of being a race director. We talk about the value of building a great team, and we even get into what he's got up his sleeve for his next race. We recorded this show a few weeks ago in the thick of quarantine, so his kids are hanging out at home. You'll hear them in the background, and just as I'm saying this, I realize that his kids have actually come to most of his events, which is pretty amazing. It's really cool both that they can see their dad working hard to do something he loves, but also to be a part of these events from such a young age. I bet you they're going to carry on the tradition. Thank you for tuning into the show today. You can follow along with our race series on Instagram or Facebook at Mod Racing, or you can find us online at modracing.com. Now please join me in welcoming Pedro Vargas to the Mod Show. Welcome to the Motorsports and Driver Development Show. My name is Katie. I'm Keto. And today we are joined with Pedro Vargas, who is a promoter of motorsports events in Baja. Welcome to the show. Thank you, guys. How are you doing? We are so good. It is a rainy guys. Saturday here in Seattle, but we are great. <laughs> Iguana is uh, also sunny and uh, beautiful right now, but we're staying inside. Yeah. You know. That's good. Uh, um, so we're just going to go all the way back to the beginning and I want to know, how did you even get started in racing in the first place? It was uh, because we grew up, my brothers and I grew up in a community in Playa de Tijuana, which is bordering with San Diego. It's a beach community. And back in those days, uh, this, this place was populated by only 28. 28 families. We were one of the 28 families, but the whole development was already built. And that means infrastructure, streets, parks, the whole thing, but very little houses. Just to give you an idea right now, it's, it's populated by 50,000 people. So it was perfect for, for uh, promoters to put on motorsports. So we, we, would, we would be having uh, quarter mile races, drag races, motocross races, circuit street races, go-kart races, the whole bit. So I was exposed at a really young age to motorsports. I was eight when these, all, all these things were happening. So that's how that sparked my interest. Mm. So how old were you when you first raced? When I first raced uh, my BMX motorcycle or bicycle, I was 10 years old. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a real race by a sanctioned and body was 1997. I was, uh, 37 years old. It was a score 250 race in San Felipe, Baja California, in a class three truck. That was my first race. Uh, I love it. I still love it. Uh, it's it's uh, expensive. It's hard on the body. It's hard on the equipment. And uh, by the end of the race, you, you have a pile of uh, steel and, and rubber and you have to rebuild it again. So that kind of threw me into circuit racing street racing in Tijuana in 1998. TRE Motorsports back in the day, they put on a street race in Tijuana and I entered it. 
I learned about it a month before the race, and I put a 914 Porsche together in a month, and, and I participated. And those guys put on several other races in Baja, Mexicali, Tecate, and Sonata, and we participated in those. We did well. We got second places. Never our first place, but, you know, we, we got a taste of it, and we liked it. So you mentioned growing up, it was a small community with lots of racing. Now you have so many more people. Does, this still, does racing still happen or is it a different scene now? It's totally different because it's populated now. It's not possible to close the streets anymore over there. Uh, it's just really crowded. You couldn't do it even if you wanted. It's just impossible to control it because of the traffic now. So no, it doesn't happen anymore. Mm. So uh, I uh, heard about this race that used to happen in the streets of Tijuana where it sounded like it was uh, wheel to wheel and kind of a run what you run thing. Can, can, can you talk about that a little bit? Uh, yeah, I did mention that TRE Motorsports in 98, they put on this race. and It was the first ever in Tijuana. It was on the Rio Zone, which is really close to the border with San Isidro uh, on the other side, on the U.S. side. So some some guy by the name of Dave Buzaglu, I think it is, he brought in the Porsche Club of San Diego and they brought their cars. And it was a great event. It was it was pretty nice. They had like 60 entries, and uh, I was one of the entries. My first my first uh, participation on the street race. It went well, and and went so well that they did a a series for a couple of years, and we participated in those also. Yeah. So it was a Grand Prix style race where they a Grand Prix style race, yes. On the streets and on the streets of Tijuana. Close it up to traffic, you know, put barriers and the whole bit. Uh -huh. yeah, it was pretty well organized. Oh. Uh, so did you have to qualify for a position or I mean how how did they do that? Did like Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would, you would do a couple of hot laps and they would time you and then that's how you got into the grid. That's where you qualified and got a place on the grid. Yeah. How long did that style of racing go on for? Like how many years? How many years? I think it was uh, 98, 99, 2000, 2001, about four years. Wow. And then it just went away. And a local guy, my friend, Martin Caldera, he uh, picked up that project and, and did it for 15 years. Mm -hmm. wow. No, more than that. Yeah, 15 years. He did like 55 races. Wow. Uh, he's in a dormant right now. He he went into other businesses, and uh, mm -hmm. so nobody's doing any street racing per se in in Baja right now. You know, city style racing, not anymore. I'm really sorry I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. He had a following, but uh, as the city gets crowded, it's it gets more and more expensive to do, and yeah. the authorities don't want to don't want to risk anybody getting hurt. So. That's why we kind of look outside of the city into the highways, you know, to do other types of, of, of racing on, on hardware, not just off-road and off. Yeah. And that's where, where we got the idea of, of doing something different. Yeah, so that let's talk about that a little. So Baja is still very much known for all the races you guys have. Obviously, the Baja 1000, very well known, it's off-road. But talk a little bit about the other kinds of racing that goes on, and you put some of them on. Well, really, I'm the only one that does any other type of racing other than off-road racing. There's other sanctioning bodies.
aside from SCORE, local guys that are doing really well too on off-road racing promotions, but nobody has done or is doing right now any tournament racing. Uh, back in 2015, uh, we put on a long distance rally from Tijuana all the way down to Cabo, a, a speed stage rally. We closed the highways 25 times along the way. You know, each section was about 15 to 20 mile long sections, you know, full speed, closed off to the civilian traffic. And it went well, 2015, 16, 17, 18, 19, we didn't do it. Um, this year, we're not going to do it either, but but we have plans to do it on 2021 again. Uh, and then we have the hill climb, which you guys have been to. And aside from that, nothing else on Tarmac is happening as far as small sports right now. It's all off-road. So what is the name of your rally from Tijuana down to Cabo? <laughs> it's uh, called the Trans Peninsular Road Race, Trans Pen Road Race. And our plans for 2021 is to run it in the state of Baja, not going all the way to, to Baja South. Mm -hmm. That means we're going to start in Ensenada and end up in Tijuana, doing a loop on the state. And that's the plan. It's also going to be a thousand miles. Um, it's both for cars and bikes on the highways, closing up highways on, on speed sections. And we're going to add a uh, regularity type race along with, with the speed stage rally. So if you have a car that is not caged, it's got you know seat belts and it's a, a Grand Turismo car or, or a rally car without any any of the required uh, safety features for full speed speed racing, you can enter that regularity rally and uh, have fun. You, you know it's timed. You have to hit certain points at a certain exact time. You know about it, but maybe the folks don't know about it. So every second you miss that target time, up or down, uh, you get a bad point for each second. So, so the idea is to hit those targets at the exact time uh, uh, specified on your road book. Got it. Yeah. So that's, yeah, we call those uh, TSD rallies up here where you time speed distance. Yeah, yeah, where you have to if you're too early, you get penalized. If you're too late, you get penalized also. And so it's about navigating and maintaining, you know, a particular speed. Yeah. So yeah, that's awesome. That's great. It's great, great way to combine those two as well. Yeah. Um, Precision. Yeah, very yeah. So how did you make the transition from being somebody that just raced in your community to now putting these events on? Age? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, well, my last off-road race was in 2010. 2010, yeah. You know, family obligations, business obligations kind of pull you away from, from the fun stuff. So I, I stopped racing and uh, went into my business. I'm, I'm a builder, architect builder. And, but you know, the bug is still always there. You know how it is, you know, once bitten, you're, you know, forever hooked. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, you know, I need the adrenaline rush. I need to be participating in motorsport somehow. I can't do it right now by being a driver anymore or a rider, much less, because I did some motorcycle racing also. Anyway, so what do I do? I'm like, well, why don't we start putting on races? You know, Baja is known for racing. We have a long history in racing, but none or almost none in, in uh, 
road racing, you know, car racing. So I got the idea of doing this, this Transpen rally that I told you about, and we did it, and we've done it four times. And then on a motorcycle ride with a bunch of friends, we went up to the San Pedro Martir uh, Observatory, which is the second largest in America. And I'd been to that road, but it was not paved. Only this time it was paved. And I'm like, this is perfect for a hill climb. You know, that, that was back in 2016. So in 2017, we announced the race. It was scheduled for September the 8th, I think, 2017. We didn't want get one single entry. So I went up to Rancho Melling, which was going to be base camp, to cancel. To cancel, you know, the reservations and all that. And right there and then, I got a signal on my, on my cell phone. Somebody was looking for me. It was uh, some outfit. I don't know if I can say the name. Is it okay? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the Hoonigans. You know, the Hoonigan uh, media contacted me. They heard about the race, and, and they wanted to sponsor it. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry. I'm going to cancel it because I don't have any entries. They go, what if we bring entries? Can you still make it happen? I go, well, I got all the permits. So yeah, we can make it happen. I just need time. They go, no, that's fine. So let's do it for October the 31st, I think it was. Uh, I, I'd have to check that. But they made it happen. That's how that's how it, it all started on the hill climb, the San Pedro Market Hill Climb, which is a 30-kilometer uh, section of road that that goes uphill. It, it climbs. 6,000 feet, 30 kilometers. So it's pretty steep. Additionally to this, it's got 150 turns, which is really challenging, really challenging. And that's how we got the idea. And that's how we made it happen. You you came to the one on 2017, was it? Uh, 18, 18, 18, 18. 18. Yeah. 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 So now we're going for for a fourth year. Excuse me, in October. If, if all goes well, you know, with this pandemic stuff, hopefully we'll get it under control. But we're scheduled for October the first. Excuse me, the second. The second. Uh, we got we got thirty plus entries right now, registered, paid for, and all that. So, so it's going well. Yeah, I think the thing that for me, I don't race, but I come and I support. I think the thing about that event specifically is the fact that it is so beautiful. I don't think you could find a better location to race. And for people watching or listening, you can take the stage all the way up to the top and you're in a completely different environment. The temperature drops, the trees are different. And if you get up high enough, you can see, you'll have to tell me, you can see two bodies of water, one on each side. I don't know which bodies of water they are, but it's incredible. Yeah, the San Pedro Martir, Mountain Range is, is one that goes from North America all the way to the south, the tip of, of uh, Mexico. Mm -hmm. But this part, on, on this location, we have the highest peak in all of Baja. Mm -hmm. It's uh, 10,000 feet, I think. And it's the highest peak. And you can see it from the observatory. And you're right. You can see the Gulf of uh, Cortez or the Sea of Cortez on one side, and you can see the Pacific Ocean on the other side. So yeah, the location is beautiful. Where we start is 500 meters above sea, sea level. So it's kind of deserty type of, you know, low bush, sandy uh, terrain. 
And you're right, as you climb up, you, you get up to the pine forest, which we get snow. It's like being in Switzerland or something like that. It's incredible. You, you can't believe you're in Mexico because everybody's got this idea that Mexico is cacti and all that kind of stuff. No, we have mountains and we have pine trees and pine forests and all that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, the location is, is, you know, it's amazing. It really is. And you got to say this, this, this hill climb is the longest in the world so far. Most hill climbs are anywhere from 1.5 kilometers or, you know, a mile to like Pikes Peak is what, 12 miles, I think, 12 and, 12 and a half miles. We're almost 20 miles. That's how long it is. So, you know, people who have come and raced it, like you, Keto, uh, have enjoyed it immensely. They're like, what a rush. And it lasts, you know, 15, 20 minutes. So going full speed for 20 minutes, it's you know, not an easy task. <laughs> well, it's endurance for sure. Yeah. So you definitely have big ideas and you see them through. You think this is a great road for a hill climb. It's going to be the longest. Why don't I put that on? Do you ever have moments where you think like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Or are you like, how is this ever going to come together? Or do you just like, you have your idea and you're like, I'm going to get there. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's quite challenging. Like for the hill climb specifically, you know, we have to, we had to convince, first of all, the, the state of Baja California. And then the farmers union or association, whatever it's called, and then the observatory, and then the national university, and then the city of Ensenada. So you, you got to pull all those people together and convince them that it's a good thing that you're not destroying the environment first of all, because this is a an existing road; it's already impacted. So you're not going to do anything differently, like like say off-roading that. You know, you know, unfortunately, it's invasive. This is not invasive at all. So we, you know, we got a good mark there. And then the farmers, you know, they don't like the road being closed because it disturbs the flow of traffic and all that. So we have to coordinate everybody and make it happen. And we did. You know, we did. We made it happen, and we're happy about it. But every year, it's a challenge. You know, because politicians change. Uh, things change, people change. So every year you have to go through the process and, uh, and convince everybody. It's part of the challenge. That's, that's the most difficult part, convincing everybody. And then of course you have the logistics and the timing. This has, has to be run like a military operation time-wise. Everybody's gotta be at a certain time, a certain place at a certain time. Otherwise it doesn't happen. And putting together all this, it's just, it's what I like, you know, being an architect, building stuff is coordinating people. This is no different, really. You have to just coordinate people and uh, convince them that it's a good thing. Yeah. So having run your event, you have a great crew, you have a great um, uh, starter, a lot of uh, course marshals and so on. And uh, I hear that um, a lot of these guys uh, do it for other races as well, like the Baja 1000. Um, that make it a little easier to find people who are experienced since you guys have, you know, some of these forms of motorsports down there already? Or are you finding that, you know, you're having to do a lot of retraining or um, what's that like? 
Now we, we did talk a little bit about the off-road racing. So we have a long history of racing in Boston. So there's a lot of people that love motorsports and it's not difficult to, to get marshals and, and race officials to volunteer and help out. So that hasn't been difficult really. There's a lot of enthusiastic uh, crowd here and, uh, and, and and we pull from that. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, help us every year, they're happy to do it. Um, some college kids uh, that are starting engineering and, and are involved in motorsports in other ways. Some are racers themselves, motocross racers and, and rally racers locally, and they're happy to come and help. Yeah. So we have a pool of people that, that we can pull from. So in that, in that aspect, we're, we're lucky, we're blessed, really. Yeah. Are they people that you built relationships with prior to having your own events and then you just kind of call up your friends or are you cold calling, just asking people if they want to work with you? Some are my friends long, long from long ago uh, that have raced with me also and their kids also, you know, get involved. And they have friends that are you know, also involved in racing. So, you know, one thing brings the other. So, so you know, it, it's easy, really. And uh, like for the long distance rallies, we, you know, we bring 50 bodies to each race. That's how, how many people we need. For the hill climb, we need about 20. The crew is about 20 strong. Uh, we have a visual race marshal at every two miles. You know, we try and keep everybody online the site all the time, all the racers, just in case somebody has a mechanical issue or, God forbid, you know, an off-road excursion. <laughs> and um, so we have the flag guys, the race marshals, um, the, the guys who do the timing, the guys who do the start, the finish, and all that. Yeah. So you they, talk a little bit. They're the ones that make it happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. On, on race day. I kind of pull away from it and just let them run the event. And they're pretty good. They're pretty good about it. Yeah, you have a good crew. Yeah. So you're talking about <clears throat> the hill climb and the long uh, race down uh, Boston. But um, what, you, what do you have in the works? Do you have anything new? Yes. Uh, like, like the hill climb, I stumbled, kind of stumbled on this piece of road on the old highway that connects the wine country in Ensenada to Tecate, which is a border town with the states, with the U.S. Um, just, you know, going over the Google Earth thing, I noticed this kind of loop that was attached to, to the highway. So I started investigating, and it so happens that this road that connects Tecate to Ensenada was renovated about five years ago. It was widened. It used to be 20 feet wide, now it's 40 feet wide. Anyway, one section of that highway with the new building technologies, they just cut some hills and made it straight where it used to make a loop of seven and a half miles. So anyway, this loop is still there. It's tarmac. It's a two-lane blacktop, 20, 20 foot wide, and uh, connected to the new highway makes a 10-mile loop. So I looked at it on, on the Google Earth thing, and uh, I got closer, and I'm like, this is perfect for a for a North Ireland style motorcycle or car race. You know, it's, it's a public highway, you know, with all the trees and the rocks and the whole thing, you know, along the way, the furniture, they call it. So I'm like, you know, this, this should be fun to put on a race, Irish style. So this, this was two weeks ago that I started doing this project, doing this project. So I did a course and uh, 
I sent my brother and a friend, they went on motorcycles and did the loop, brought, on, brought some, some footage of the road. It's got some cleaning up to do, some, some potholes that we can fix. And uh, I just launched the idea as a project out on social media, I launched it. And we've been heading, getting a lot of response from people from North Ireland, uh, Poland, France, uh, England, the states, of course, several states in the U.S., and Mexico. Um, so right now we, we have pre-registered 39 teams to come in 2021. Uh, the target date is February the 14, 15, President's Day in the States. So that's the target date right now. So we're doing a list and we're collecting evidence that this is a viable or a feasible event to take to the authorities so we can do the permitting process. So that's the way we're starting to, to pull this thing together like we've done in the past for other races. Awesome. And only this time, you know, what I notice is a lot of enthusiasm. It's, it's kind of exploding. You go onto Facebook, uh, I have a group that's called Baja Karmic Racing on Facebook, Baja Karmic Racing. And it's, you know, it's boiling right now with this new project. And we're getting all the guys in there and we're publishing their picture on their motorcycles and you know, announcing that they're pre-registered for the race. So, you know, well, I think it's going to happen. <laughs> So, yeah. so this is like an Isle of Man TT style race. Exactly. Isle of Man, Ulster Grand Prix in, in Northern Ireland, uh, the Northwest 100. Mm -hmm. Just log in onto YouTube and look for those races and you'll see what kind of racing this is. It's, it's uh, unbelievable. You're talking about 200 mile uh, per hour speeds. Mm -hmm. Average speeds along the course, they're like 120, 130 miles average on laps, on, you know, road, real roads, real road racing. So um, you mentioned a bunch of motorcycles, but are you open to cars in this also? Yes, we've gotten a couple of uh, guys interested that race cars. And why not? You know, the circuit's going to be there. It's a temporary circuit. And, uh, raising your hand. Yeah. <laughs> This one right here. He's, interested. he's your 40th interested person. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it'd be great for cars also. You know, I, I have no doubt. Uh, the circuit itself is, 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 it's got a section right there that's got a section of highway where you could do the, the pit lane naturally already. It's already built in there. Infrastructure is right there. All you got to do is bring in a, 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 one of those build up towers with the control tower and some tires and barriers and you know, it'll be a perfect venue for motorcycle or car racing. Yeah. Sidecars also. Yeah, why not? Yeah, sidecars. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so you made the switch from being a racer to being an organizer. Talk about some of the things that either you learned or surprised you when you got to the other side of the fence. Right. Um, when I first started started thinking about being a promoter, I had no idea on how many ingredients it takes to make this happen. The political side is, is uh, it's interesting, to say the least. <laughs> but yeah, in 2014, uh, when we started to organize the, the long distance rally that I told you about, the Trans Pen Rally, 
uh, I came into some hurdles, some political hurdles from from sanctioning bodies in Mexico that have a stronghold on motorsports. Um, they didn't want to let us do it unless we adhere to them. But I, I really didn't see any value in being part of them because they're so far away. Baja is like an island in Mexico, really. Our culture is different than the rest of the country. The location is far away. We're surrounded by oceans. It's almost, like I said, almost an island. So I didn't see any value and I didn't want to become part of them. And we did the first, the 2015 race, and uh, they stopped us a couple of times along the way. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it happened. Uh, but we, we made it happen. Uh, the next year, we had to go into a legal battle. You know, our constitution, uh, let's any citizen of Mexico do whatever kind of activity they want, including motorsports. So we got into a legal battle and we won. And then the following year, the, the deal we made is that, that I was going to become a part of, of this organization that I'm not going to name. I'm not going to name. Uh, and we did it. And again, you know, I, 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 I proved my suspicions that I didn't need them to run my events. So I said, thank you, but no thank you. And uh, we've been doing it by ourselves. The whole time we're self-sanctioned now. We go by the FIA standards, but we're self-sanctioned. That gives us plenty of leverage in how we do things and the classes we build to come and race and the type of racing that we do. So it really is, uh, grassroots racing and we want to keep it that way as much as possible with all the safety features as much as we can invest in safety that's my main concern keep the public the spectators the racers our staff everybody safety first that's that's my aim all the time and then the fun factor of course you know at the end of the racing everybody becomes friends everybody uh gets together we have dinner we, we do the award ceremony and it's a great time. It really is. I enjoy it a lot. Your <laughs> events are really fun. I think the thing that people don't know when you decide to put on a race is that suddenly you mentioned all the ingredients. You are a lawyer. You are a salesperson. You are just a logistical octopus with a million arms going a million different ways. And then you have to think about things like social media, making sure your website's up to date, making sure people's questions get answered over email. And it's not, it's not what you see on race day that makes all the magic happen. No, uh, when, when people come and race, especially spectators, mm, they see the finished product, mm -hmm. but all the work that goes behind it is, is mm -hmm. just a monumental task. I did mention the political side of it, but you also have the commercial side of it. You know, things need money to be able to happen. Mm -hmm. uh, when we get all the crew, just the crew, just to bring the crew up to the mountain, you know, it's 20 bodies that you have to house, feed, transport, the whole thing. So yeah, it takes money to do it. So the commercial issue or side of it is, is complicated. And then the logistics of it, you know, closing the roads, getting everybody, like I said, coordinated, because it's, it's a public road and people have the right to use it anytime they want. So you have to, you know, you have to juggle all these, these things. And uh, 
you know, it, it takes a certain kind of, of uh, person to do it. Uh, it's stressful at times. Sometimes you question yourself, what am I doing? You know, Some nights you don't sleep well <laughs> because things are not falling in place and you have a, you know, a race date in a week and you still are missing parts of the puzzle and uh, <laughs> and uh, but you know you stick with it because you love it and then it makes it happen you know so it really is a love of motorsports it's done with the heart um, we don't make any money on it you know we just we just do it because we like it you know i'm semi-retired right now on, on my business and you know what else am i going to do just grow old and wither away no i don't think so <laughs> I love it. It's a great way to leave your mark. Yeah, absolutely. It's a lot of work, but it's still a, it's a great way to leave your no, mark. You know, we've made history in Baja already, I think. You know, our events are small, but significant, I think. It's, you know, it's on the books right now. You know, the first guy who did racing, karmic racing in Baja is this, this fool. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, we, we enjoy it a lot. We like it. So even though you don't race yourself, much anymore i'm curious do you still have a dream race or a bucket list race that you want to do yourself um i might get back to racing um uh, who knows you know who knows <laughs> why not there's there's a couple of things up in the bucket list that, that we need to do still and one of them is is uh another off-road race that, that, that what's the name of this body uh, Nora, they do the Mexican 1000. Mm. It's kind of like the Baja 1000, but a little more relaxed and it's a stage rally. So, you know, you race during the day and then you camp out and you relax. Your guys are working on the car and you can have a beer and enjoy other people's company and all that. Yeah, that's what I want to do still. Why not? Mm. It's, you know, like I said, the bug is always there. <laughs> yeah. I think the thing that we found specifically keto is putting on races is such a job. It is more than a full-time job. And so it takes away from your ability to go racing. You know, there's only so many hours in the day. And so you really have to love it and love all sides of it. If you're going to put on races. Yeah. Uh, that goal of mine of going back to racing won't happen until my crew is well-trained enough to run things by themselves. Mm -hmm. um, I'm kind of a control freak, so it's kind of hard to let it go. But I, I've been doing it lately. On the last hill climb, I let the, the guys do it. You know, we have this, this one of this, these kids, he's 21, 22, I think. Pretty good. You know, I let him run the whole thing and he did it really well. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, um, we didn't know anything about him. And I said to Keto at the end of the first day, I was like, that kid is good. Yeah. So he does a great job. Yeah, as organizers, definitely makes it a little easier to pick out the guys who yeah. really know what they're doing. I mean, you can, you know, see the small things and that's the little nuances that they do that really make the difference. You know, when they're aware of actually what's going on out there and they pick up on the little cues and, and that guy, he was on top of it. Can we stop calling him that guy? What is his yeah, name? His I name? forgot. <laughs> um, the tall guy, the tall yeah. kid? Yeah. A mechanical engineer pretty soon. I think he's got one more year of college to go. And then he's gonna be a mechanical engineer. His dad's an architect also, friend of mine. So yeah, 
he absolutely loves motorsports. He's involved in not just with us, but with, with SCORE. You know, he does a volunteering for SCORE and in uh, other stuff, you know, four by four crawlers and I don't know what else. He's busy. He's got a busy schedule and I'm afraid I'm not going to get him busier. And he's like, no, 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 no. I'm with you. I'm always there. So. When he gets his first job out of college, I'm going to need you to make sure that his boss lets him have some time off to be able to come. All right. <laughs> That'll be a contractual. Yeah. <laughs> Pedro says. <laughs> Thank you so much for this conversation today and for sharing your whole story and your wisdom. Where can people find you online? Uh, on Facebook as Pedro Vargas Valdez or any of my groups. One is Baja Tarmac Racing, and then we have the San Pedro Martir Hill Climb and the Transpan Road Race. You can find me on, on, on Facebook mostly. That's what I use the most. Uh, thank you for having me. It was fun. Always a pleasure. Yeah, thanks for coming out. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Pedro. If you did, we would love to know. Take a screenshot and tag us on Instagram or Facebook at Mod Racing. Mod is spelled M-O-D-D -D because it's an acronym for Motorsports and Driver Development. And just so you know, this podcast is a key part of the driver development piece of our mission. We are always striving to bring you interviews that help you grow in your motorsports journey wherever you might be. Thank you for listening today. Catch you guys next time.